ride with me in my foul life. Podcast world, what's shaking? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all so much again for subscribing, for leaving us ratings, leaving us reviews. I love seeing it. Thank you to all of our partners. Please support the partners and sponsors that support the Foul Life Podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody Podcast, the Foul Life Television, with new episodes airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Today, I'm joined by a, a kind of a nerd, in my opinion, like too smart to, for me to be talking to. Um, one of the leads of the best ammunition company in the world, and that's not just my opinion, that's fact. If you look it up, it says... Federal Premium is the best ammunition company in the world, and it has been since its fruition. We're going to get into that today. We're going to talk about Federal Premium. We're going to talk about Black Cloud. We're going to talk about TSS. We're going to talk about how do you officially become a hunting and ammunition and gun nerd and know everything that there is to know about what's coming out of the end of your barrel. Dan Compton, Federal Premium Ammunition, straight out of Compton. How are you, brother? (laughs) I'm good. How are you, man? How many times have we just looked at each other and kind of just smiled because we both grew up in the good days of rap music? We really did. I, I have people ask me, like, you listen to rap music? I'm like, you don't grow up with a name like Compton and not, <laughs> not listen to some rap music. No. I mean, how proud of you, though. You had a CD named after you. I, yeah. You have a yeah. movie named after you. I mean, do you know, did you know Easy e before he passed? Do you know Cube and Dre and all these you guys? You know, we're not as tight as we used to be, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I try to stay in touch, you know, text every now and then. What about Flavor Flav? I know you were on tour with <laughs> him for a while. <laughs> we were actually just talking about Flavor Flav the other day, too, and we're like, Flavor somebody's got to bring, bring back the big clock. Nobody rocks the big clock anymore. Yeah, why you know? wouldn't you? Like, yeah. I, I was listening to an interview the other day with Cube, Ice Cube, and he said... He named his top five rappers that he would put as the as the Mount Rushmore of rappers, even though there's only four presidents. He named five, but KRS One was one. But but I, I, it's going to be funny when people are like, "These guys are ammunition and hunters," and they're talking <laughs> about the top five rappers of all time. I was just envisioning that we, what people are going to be like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Um, but the top two that he named were Chuck D. and Rackham from Eric B. and Rackham, which a lot of people name him the best sure. of all time. Even sure. like Eminem says mm-hmm. he's the best of all time. LL Cool J says Rackham's the best of all time. But Chuck D, like, when you listen to, like, people don't understand how how good his flow was. But, oh, absolutely. But what he had was he was, like, a genius when it came mm-hmm. to his vocabulary, right, his delivery and all that. Yeah, smart and, and just very well-placed, uh, what's the right word, dialogue at the right time, you know, to say what he was trying to say. And, yeah, the, guy, the guy's a genius. I was, I was a big Blood Academy fan, really. What I've been thinking about a lot, we'll get the ammunition, is this. And you're, you have young kids. I have a daughter that's nine. Yeah. She loves R&B. She loves country. She loves Guns N' Roses because Daddy listens to it. But she loves hip-hop, but the right kind of hip-hop. And I'm not saying that I don't like Eminem. I think he's amazing. He's an unreal talent. There's a lot of good rappers today that got good flow. But there's something about rap when we grew up listening to it that stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. And the way, that the, re, the way that I prove this is that my daughter knows every word of every verse of It Takes Two by Rob Bates. Oh, really? She knows every word of every verse of Buttermilk Biscuits by Sir Mix-a-Lot, which <laughs> people are going like, I've never even heard of Buttermilk yeah, Biscuits because yeah. everybody knew Posse on Broadway and they mm-hmm. knew Baby Got Back, but mm-hmm. Sir Mix-a-Lot had a song on the Swass album yeah. that Posse on Broadway was on, and it was called Buttermilk Biscuits, mm-hmm. and it was the most, it almost sounded like it was the Chipmunks because he was, you it, know. Exactly, yeah. He's like, he's like, 
Yeah. I got them buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> My waiter walked up. What did he say? Yeah. Buttermilk biscuits free today. So what yeah. you waiting on, boy? And I was like, and my daughter just lays this down. And I'm like, she has that uncanny ability, like, kind of like I did, to, re- to memorize and remember movie quotes mm-hmm. and raps. But I just think that rap stands the test of time from that era because it's like there was a good, there was a such thing as really, really good, clean rap. Yeah, and, you know, the stuff that's come out in the last 15 years or so, I haven't followed as much, but I go back to that time. Like I was just watching a, a Luke Cage show on Netflix, and uh, the artist started playing, and his beats started going. I'm like, and it was KRS-One, and the lady's like, I paid for a legend to play tonight, you know, and it was fantastic. I forgot, I'd forgotten how good. Boogie Down Production. Boogie Down Production. Amazing rapper, and he was in Ice Cube's top five. Okay, KRS-One was. Yeah. It was, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the fifth, but it was Rackham, Chuck D, KRS-One. Who else did I say was in there? Uh, I lost. I, there was there was just there was these five rappers to where it wasn't the guys that I'd be like, oh man, it wasn't Tupac, mm-hmm. it wasn't Biggie, it wasn't Eminem. It was these five guys who were like, he's right. Yeah, all the guys, guys who set the stage. Yeah, the, yeah. the pioneers. Mm-hmm. Besides Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. So, what is going on in the federal world? Is it? Is it to the point now to where you guys have solidified the, the offerings, or is there more to come? That's I, I just want to start with that because mm-hmm. it, I was like, why would you come out with TSS when Black Cloud kills everything? And then I went and hunted with TSS, and I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Like on a different level. Yeah. Then even Black Cloud. And Black Cloud's unbelievable. Is there like meetings like going on right now there might be for rifle ammo but there i mean you guys are done in the shotgun market, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i was thinking about just kind of wrap it up and color good <laughs> no we got we're always looking and how how we look at it is we look at like usage areas you know so waterfowl it speaks to you know it speaks to you you know but we look at turkey we look at target shooting we look at big game and in that area how do we sit you know i i could make an argument that that we have a leadership position for in almost anything that we do as a company, we have a product that could be considered a category leader, but we're always looking to get better. And that list is a three to five year plan, depending on the product. So it could just be revolutionize the target world, and that's our five year goal. So then how do we start chipping away at that? Is it better wads? Is it more reloadable? In Waterfowl, it's as tungstens become more prevalent, how can we get tungsten more affordable or what can we do to make tungsten because people want to reach out there for it but they want like I don't even know how to compare it I always say tennis balls and baseballs you know if you've gone to get hit in the chest at 50 miles an hour at the tennis ball or baseball which one's going to hurt more it's a baseball so if you had to hit something go further hit further tungsten is the baseball in that comparison so why wouldn't you want something that absolutely crushed something the trade-off is the price so, but we're always looking. We're always, I mean, we're making better mouse traps and ammo, and we're always trying to find the better mouse. Traps. So, is there something better than you can that you can even think of or fathom right now than what it just was released in the last year and a half? Yeah, potentially. I think we're pushing it. You know, we're getting towards the we're getting towards the end, especially at you know, you you can make the greatest, less greatest thing, and there's eight people in the world that can afford it. You know, we want to. People still got to hunt. They're spending a lot of money and shoot our ammo. We understand that. So, you, you got to try to keep that that balance, but. In the past 30 years, the things that have been possible with different polymers, injection molding techniques, you know, how shot is made, all those things are starting to kind of come to fruition and it's opened doors for us that we didn't have. We've actually been able to look at concepts from the 70s and 80s and be like, we can maybe do that now, you know? So things like that we're always revisioning too. Eric Carlson, who you met and hunted with, he's a master at tracking that stuff. Down. He's a pretty sharp cat. Yeah. Is it fair to say that he's smart? He's smart. He is, is smart. he a nerd? He is. He's kind of nerdy. Yeah. I think it's funny when you introduce me as a nerd and me as one of the smart guys. I'm like, 
ammo nerd guy, but guys like our engineering staff, I would say they make me sound smart. I'm just, I just spit back what they say to you and just try to put it in human terms so they can understand it. Like you're talking, referring to Eric and Alex and Eric, these guys. Alex, Adam, yeah. I got I mean, a great team. They're nerds. They are, yeah. But they are, they are letting goose hunters and duck hunters and turkey hunters literally be living and hunting in the golden age of ammunition. I, I really think we are. I mean, we're we're pushing the envelope and without designing complete brand new systems, you know, like 11 gauge, you know, something like that, that we're getting to the end of technology, but we're going to keep searching for it. You know, we're always looking for something new, better, faster, cheaper, better. It's always what we're trying to find. So when you talk about faster, cheaper, better, and you don't want to say cheaper, you want to, you're, you're referring to in, inexpensive. Right? Yeah, inexpensive. But for us, like it, you know, we are a company trying to make money like Efficiency. You know, how can we make this better? How can we make our processes better so we can get this out the door at a good price? So the mentality of that I always talk about with let's take TSS. You have tungsten super steel. Can come in a box and it's around 40, 42 bucks at retail. So five come in a box. Five come in a box. I'm sorry. No, no, that's turkey. Oh turkey, okay, sorry. I'm I'm talking for black cloud TSS. So turkey five. Yep. And ducks and geese, the TSS comes in a mixture of threes and nines and sevens and BBs. Yep. And it's forty-two bucks a box for ten. Mm-hmm. Now, the turkey loads come in five, and and they're up there too. And they're around forty-five bucks for five. But turkey hunters shoot maybe three times a year, average yeah. probably. Yep. They pattern one or two, and then they kill their turkey. Now there are some guys that are turkey nuts and they'll travel from state to state they might chase their grand slam but mm-hmm. still they're going to shoot three boxes of ammo maybe that 15 shells probably a year at the most yeah that's a turkey hunter that's really really getting it or he's a really shitty shot <laughs> one of the two a terrible shot so <laughs> the mentality that you guys have now is that we can get a goose hunter or a duck hunter now they're going to shoot a lot more right mm-hmm. sure. so you as as designers and as your marketing team and your salesmen are out there you got to be going like well, will they really? Are they going to take that next step when we've already designed this ammo here? Yep. Put the flex wad in it. And Black Cloud leaves n- nothing to chance. Nothing. There's no cripples. Yeah. Okay. I can't say that. Sometimes yeah, there's Sometimes they're all. We mm-hmm. are. But they kills them dead. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys think that you can get into the mind of a goose hunter? What is the thinking behind that? How do you guys persuade your team to do this to where oh yeah we can get somebody to spend four dollars a shot when they potentially could be shooting 10 15 times a day yeah on a hunt maybe even more than that Mm -hmm. again if it's right but how do you how do you come up with that i'll kind of use a rifle example you know there's the same you got you got rifle ammo and you're going to go hunt whitetail that's going to cost you twenty dollars a box and you got rifle ammo that's going to cost you 89 dollars a box depending on the load depending on the bullet every typically every dollar you're spending more is giving you some level of incremental improvement Right? So you're going from a gun, your rifle's going to pattern better, it's going to get better expansion, it's going to give you two holes versus one, it just depends on what you're looking for. Or you're just getting that group that means everything to you and you're willing to shoot or pay a little bit more for it. Now it's more like the turkey hunter because not all whitetail hunters are going out and banging away and shooting 80 rounds at a time, but they want that little extra edge. And in every user group there is, there's turkey hunters that, I mean TSS, after it's been around a while, but after we loaded, I think we really brought it mainstream, right? There's a percent of the turkey market is more willing to pay for that, but there's still people that just shoot a regular lead round out there and there's still people that shoot copper plated round. If you look in the waterfall game, we have an offering for everybody. So whether you want the best of the best, we feel like we've made that without going to 100% TSS load. So if you want to do that and you want to guarantee that I'm going to go and I'm going to hunt my pond today and I'm going to 
I'm going to knock the crap out of every duck that comes around, and I'm going to spend four bucks a shot to do it. We have the load for you. If you're a, a run-of-the-mill guy who's got, I can only spend 10 bucks on a box, I got that product for you too. So we kind of have everything in between. So that's why we're pushing it. You know, we're always trying to see, can we make the best possible thing we can, and we know there's a certain level of people that are looking for it. Tell me in layman's terms how TSS works with this, the, the, the design. Tell me the capabilities of it, and tell me how it works sure. with the mixture, and, and is, is there strategy in how this mixture and combination of, of, of tungsten and super steel is put in to the hole. Talk, talk to me a little bit. I know that you're not the engineer, but you yep. you know this. Yeah, this answer. But I want you to say it in a non-engineer way, like yeah, like sure. I, somebody like I would understand. So I'll get a little nerdy. So metals are all dense. You know, there's density to them, and that there's a grams per cubic centimeter. So if I had one centimeter of steel sitting here, and you weighed that, it would weigh 9.6 grams. If you had one cubic centimeter of bismuth here, it would. I'm sorry, steel is seven, um, closer to eight. So eight grams, I call it. Bismuth would be closer to ten. A cubic centimeter of lead would weigh 11 grams, and tungsten's gonna weigh 18. So it's like 150% denser than steel. So the denser object is gonna carry energy further and fly through the air further and hit harder when it hits there. So one of the benefits of that is so, I, I got a, it's a better lead comparison. So you can take a number nine in tungsten super shot at 18 density, and a number five copper plated lead. Those two objects going at the same speed are gonna hit with the same amount of force. So they're gonna have the same thunder, you know, when they hit the, the animal. The benefit is now because you got all these nine shot, you can fit more in the payload because they're smaller. So you've upped your pellet count. So by going to a tungsten product in a smaller shot size, you got more shots on target that are hitting just as hard as that larger, like in, it would be the threes and nines are comparable in the Black Club TSS. So you got more number th nine shot are hitting just as hard as your number three, and you evened out your pallet, your, your, you've evened out your pattern, and you've doubled your pellet count inside the load. That's the engineering behind it. So, and then when we looked at it, hand loaders have been loading TSS for a long time. It doesn't take as much TSS because it's denser, it weighs more, to fill up that one ounce payload that you have in there. So you got a lot of empty space in the hull. So we went with 60% of the payload by pellets and we had to fill up the extra space. Hand loaders have been duplexing TSS and steel forever. So we filled up that space. Instead of putting buffer or plastic, we just filled it up with steel shot. So that was the second reason for it, too. It made just natural sense to blend the two loads. We put the steel, we put the tungsten on the bottom, we put the steel on the top. Eventually, the tungsten overtakes it as it flies through the air. So you got a good open pattern early on, but you can still reach out and touch it. Wow. That was it. And in your opinion, personally, because you're a duck hunter, did you see a huge difference the first time that you that you actually hunted with it? Not on target, but actually hunted. Were you like, whoa? Yeah, and, and honestly, my first, I, I was shot, uh, the first stuff I shot, I was shooting threes and nines, and I actually shot at Sandhill Crane. And it came over, and I absolutely pummeled the thing. And uh, we were relatively, you know, they were within about 25, 30 yards anyway, but I would have never thought to go just grab three steel and shoot at the crane, but I really wanted to try. You know, we were really testing. So I had double Bs and sevens and threes and nines, and I shot the threes and nines all week, and I shot my limit of cranes every day. So I, I was impressed. I, I really have been. I am too. Like, I know it blows my mind. when the first time, I know one of the times, the first time you shot at Eric called me because I wasn't able to go on that trip. And uh, he's like, Compton, it was like we were tearing them from the sky. And I thought, that's a great tagline, Eric. <laughs> that's really good. He's not so, lying. Yeah. I, I, I explained it to Kelvington, who, Brian Kelvington, who's like my good friend from Federal too, your good friend. 
I love Kelvington. I could tell you a whole podcast just yeah. on my feelings. Yeah. You guys, you talked in December, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were hunting together, and then we okay. were together at SHOT Show. Oh, we okay. nerded out there. We talk about college wrestling a lot and Revenge of the Nerd quotes. But I told him, like, you would stand up on that day, and it was the wind was great. Bluebirds guys, the snow geese, were they were working well. But usually you stand up, you'll see a couple geese walking around. You know, they've got hit and crossfire. It looked like a just a cemetery of white. Like, it was just, I was like, wow. It's far, like, you'd hit them and the wind would push them back. So there was dead birds from 10 yards all the way to 60, 65 yards because they were getting hit, then backwards are getting hit at 35, and then by the time they're falling, the wind's pulling. And I was like, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. Every one of them were dead, Compton. And I was like, that doesn't happen with steel. And the other part of it is that there was a there was a, a difference in what you're talking about, the flight pattern of these BBs, because the wind was not manipulating sure. it like it would on mm-hmm. a lot of steel shot. Yeah. And I was like, man, these birds are literally like what Eric said, getting mm-hmm. teared from, torn from the sky. And it was like night and day. And every time I've shot it since, I spoil myself once in a while because sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to shoot all my TSS hunt. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of the season, you know, and I had some left, I was like, I'm going to shoot it on every hunt. So there were specks, snows, ducks in potholes, ducks in dry fields. And I just was amazed. And I'm a, I'm a true believer to where uh, initially after that hunt that we did up in North Dakota on the snow geese, when we did all the testing, I'm like, it's I don't. I, I wasn't sold on it because I was like, "You guys have the best ammo in the world. What do you What are you doing on What are you doing?" And it, then I shot it. Yeah. And then I hunted with it again. And then I hunted with it again. And I was like, and then I look at Rock Merlo, my good hunting partner out of California. You know Rock Merlo, and he's like, "I've never seen anything like it." And now Rocky is like, "I want to shoot TSS all the time." So he's telling everybody, "Hey, you know this gun shop here. We're going to start bringing in TSS, and he's selling it because it just takes a couple times yeah, to I, become a believer. And once people shoot it, and, and I I agree, it's not you know every day go out and this I'm going to go a snow goose hunt and I'm going to shoot 300 rounds of TSS. You know, it's got its place. But I where I did see a difference, I in what I did, and I'm lucky that I have a little bit of access. But I would encourage people to try. My son is 11. He went on his first kind of major waterfall hunt this year. And we came out with 20 gauge this year. So I brought TSS 20 gauge for him to shoot because I thought if he comes anywhere close to the bird, I want it crushed and I wanted him to have a good experience. And, uh, and it worked. You know, he got it and, and dumped him. Now, it could have gone down with regular shot, but I, like, had that insurance policy. So to me, it's like it's another tool in the bag. You know, if they're hanging up and you got to reach a little further, it gives you something to reach a little further with. If they're right in your face, we got black cloud for you all day long. And black cloud kills them. But as a, as a hunter, as a duck hunter, and as any kind of hunter and conservationist, your job and your responsibility is to kill them dead Absolutely. and to have a, a, a successful retrieve. And with TSS, I'm just like, dude, it's unbelievable. And I and I, I hope that people understand that I'm not sitting here trying to pressure sell TSS. I'm just talking about, like, if you go get a box and you will be that guy that goes out and gets five boxes for the season and spoils yourself a few times yeah. of having a duck hunt to where you're going to be like, wow black cloud in a box of 25 you're not going to beat it you're not going to beat it unless you shoot this tss you will see a huge difference in in the lethality is that a word lethality yes. lethality yes between ts you know federal tss the tungsten super shot super steel 
and is it super shot? Super shot. Super shot. Super shot. And regular black. We have flight, and we have, so it's, it's tungsten super shot, and then the flight stopper. And then the flight, flight stopper, stopper with the flex wad. The flex, yeah. the flight stopper flex wad. Yeah. Explain that to me real quick. So flex wad, the flight control wad is a rear braking wad system. It's called. It's almost like a parachute. So the muzzle pressure causes these fins on the back. They flare out. The wad slows down and pulls itself away from the shot. And what it really does, we always say edge-to-edge pattern. So if you pattern it really consistent, you don't get a lot of holes in the pattern, which is why you know, you're hitting them harder. You're putting more pellets on the bird. So FlexWad, when, when we first designed it, it didn't work very well with ported choke tubes. So a few years ago, we redesigned so you can shoot it through, whether you're shooting a, an Indian Creek or you're shooting a, what choke tube do you run? Sorry, man. Non-ported Rob Roberts. Rob Roberts. So our goal was a lot of people are shooting ported tubes, right? So we want to make sure it worked in that, but when you're shooting your Rob Roberts, you didn't see a noticeable change or it had to be better. So part of my job working engineers, I help set the spec. So I'm like, it's got to shoot this tight and it, that was my actual requirement. Better, equal or better performance than we had before. And that's the goal they went after. I'll, I say this a lot. The combination of a Super Black Eagle 3 by Benelli with a Rob Roberts T2 or T2, T1 choke tube and T1 or T2 with Federal Black Cloud or Federal Black Cloud TSS. And I always throw in the high-vis sight because it makes me a better hunter. Mm-hmm. Compton, that combination of those four products, and I know the duck calls and the decoys and the boats and all the UTVs. If you want to be the best duck hunter, goose hunter that you possibly can be, I'm not going to say you're going to be the best in the world, but if you want to leave that field knowing that I gave myself every chance to be the best I can be because with that, when that oppor- the, the shot presents it, when that opportunity presents itself and that shot's right there, that combination, I'm telling you, cannot be beat. Any, there's nobody that's going to go out in the field and beat that. Now, there's going to be guys that can be comparable, but they are not going to beat that combination, and I truly feel that, of consistency, a gun that performs on every pull of the trigger, and ammunition that kills them dead with a patterning system with that Rob Roberts and the, what you guys have done with the flex wad and everything, if you want to kill them dead at 35 yards and closer, because that's what I feel a duck and goose should be killed at. That's just my opinion. I don't mm-hmm. want people writing me and going, well, you know, we no, like to shoot I them agree. at 70 yards high. I'm just saying, I want to get them tight and I want them dead because mm-hmm. I don't want to ever see anything suffer. Ever. Even a coyote. When people are like, oh, you know, they mm-hmm. cuss at a coyote. I'm like, nothing should suffer. That combination, and I think that you guys have done justice to the waterfowl world of giving us black cloud. Now, with that being said, and I'm not usually allowed to talk about blue box, it was hard to beat that. Oh, it, it, that it's, shit it's is a awesome. Great product. Yeah, that absolutely. stuff is so it's, awesome. It's uh, you know, I don't shoot exclusively one of any of our products. To me, it's always kind of the setting. You know, if we're uh, um, if I know like a Minnesota early season, you know, wood duck hunt. You know, it's all going to be early. It's all going to be close. I shoot uh, fours. I shoot two and three quarters fours. You yeah. know, in blue box. It's going to be perfectly fine. Look at this. That's my nine-year-old daughter, Alyssa. She's bawling, Compton. Oh, I saw this. This is fantastic. She's bawling, and she's just so shaken up on the hunt. Yeah. Where, where were you at? This is in northern. This is at Stillwater Remy Warren. This is Stillwater National Wildlife Refuge, right next door with the Canvas Bat Club, which is right next door to the public hunting. Mm-hmm. Lucky and humbled to be invited to hunt this club. Canvas Bat comes in. She's shooting a 410. I talked to Kelvington the week before. He sends me Blue Box 410 steel. Okay. 35 yards, cupped up, blowing. I'm talking, I'm talking gusts at 20, 22 miles an hour. It's blowing. We're, he, she's shooting the lightest load there is. She's shooting a 410. Mm-hmm. The head goes straight back, hits the middle of the back, 
comes straight forward and tucks in, and he dies dead, belly up, kicking his feet, which wigged my daughter out. Yeah. Because he's still kicking his feet a little bit. 410 at 35 yards with federal blue box still, and a 410. Awesome. Dead, yeah. Compton. And I'm like, my nine-year-old little baby girl just pulled up and led that duck, and thank God for Emmy Warren, because I'm a lefty, and I'm messing her up, because I'm like, well, no, you're not here. You're off target sure, a little yeah. bit, because she took three shots. Three shots, Compton. She missed the, the first two she missed. The third shot, she hit a canvas back but didn't cripple it bad. The fourth canvas back comes in. There's six of them. I let them all get by. Five of them get by. The sixth one's just falling all cupped up. I said, get them, baby. And for, all Remy did is clock the hammer on the 410 and freaking blue box. Compton Crush. dead. Awesome. And I'm like, what just happened? What literally? We had 23 minutes left in the hunt. And I'm like, what just happened? I, I couldn't have I couldn't have wrote the script any better, but you think about that. A 410 with regular ammo mm-hmm. is not going to do that. I'm sitting there going, that really just happened, Compton. Yeah. A nine-year-old girl just got hooked on duck hunting because of federal. Mm-hmm. Think about I've, that. I've heard that over and over from people, too. I've had people call, like, questions to me, like, thank you, you know, for making sub-gauge. When you ask, like, what's new in the future, sub-gauge is really something that we're focusing on. Please, 28-gauge is going to come out of your mouth in the next 30 yeah, seconds. we do have 28-gauge I know, steel, but, you know. But, but are you going to make any in TSS or anything? No, so we do have, we have a custom shop where we're hand-loading. So for us, that's kind of like vetting the field. If the demand's good, and then, because you've seen the operation, it's big, it's volume, what can we get through? So if we can hit the minimum runs to do that, we'll, we'll do that for sure. So we actually, what we did do, one thing we didn't have until this year, which is a new, and talk about the pheasant crowd, we never had a flight control wad for 16 gauge or 28 gauge, and now we do. So that opens the door potentially for black cloud 16 gauge, black cloud 28 gauge too as well. So we just have to get on the no design way. work for that. So now. That, that, could, that could be a little preview into 2021 catalog for you there. And you don't have to answer this if you don't, have, if you don't want to. Why no offering of three inch 28 gauge in duck in, in, in duck loads. For us, we've kind of followed the guns. You know, if there's a lot of guns, then it's kind of worthwhile. And right now, there's not a lot of offerings. It's come up. Um, we could do it. Technically, we could do it. Um, but we just haven't put a lot of thought into it because for us, like I said, there's got to be a certain amount, a threshold of minimum that we Well, can like you're saying that. as far as like the, the sub-gauge, as you call them, right? Yep. Yep. There's a lot of duck clubs. There's a lot of duck hunters that are going exclusively to 20s, 28s, and even 410s. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously the 12 gauge is going to probably be your mainstay, but there's a lot of hunters that are begging for that kind of stuff that love, you know, a guy gets to be older than us a little bit because we're not old, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're we're, we're young as hell. We're prime. Prime. They don't necessarily want to get beat up by a 12 gauge every Mm -hmm. day anymore. A lot of guys are going to freaking 20s and 28s for their turkey gun. Yeah. When you started hunting, were you a three and a half guy? I would like to say that I was, never was, but there was a time when I do it, and there's people that live by them. Oh, I was all in, man. And, and for me, I just felt like it still I, makes I sense. shot better. You know, I just felt like I shot better. And as I've gotten older, and I'm probably just a better shot, you know. But, like, you know, I'm gravitating. Last year, I went on a hunt, I shot two and three-quarter inch blue box, you know, or two and three-quarter inch, two and three-quarter inch threes, like on a duck pond for me, like black out, fat, love it. So, that, I can see recoil is, is a, a factor, but, yeah, that's definitely a trend. I think for us, if gun companies start getting on board, if you started seeing some major manufacturers saying, I'm going to do three-inch, 28-gauge, we would, we would definitely look at the possibility. 
So maybe you can pull a little bit of weight there. Well, I tried. I tried, and I literally have zero pull at Federal. I learned that on so many occasions. <laughs> so many levels. <laughs> From Nash to Kelvin to Rick Stokel, I'm like, we should do a banded edition. And Rick Stokel goes, no, we shouldn't. And then I go, you should do 3-inch 28-gauge. And then Nash goes, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> so pretty much everything that I say, they just laugh. No, I'm just, that's a total joke. I absolutely am humbled and love the way that our meeting went at SHOT Show. And just having Brian Anderson and Stokel and you and Kelvington and Nash and, and Vanderbrink and these guys, it's like, it's almost become to where that's very little business gets talked about sure. in the official yeah. meetings because we become so tight. <laughs> we joke, we rap, we talk this, we talk that because it's almost like we just know the work's getting done. You guys got our back. We got your back. We're constantly trying to think outside the box and, and, and try to spread the black cloud message and the federal message. I just don't think a partnership could get any stronger, better. You guys invite us out to do product testing. I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where you got to pinch yourself. You're like, we're with the best ammunition company in the world. It's literally the best of all, the most innovative of all time. Nobody can ever argue that. There's a lot of people that can try to imitate it. And I'm not saying there's not other ammo out there that doesn't kill ducks dead. But Federal is the most innovative company there ever was. And we're literally like blown away by what, that we even get to shoot it and have, let alone have a partnership, right? Like we can go out and buy it like we did, but now we're like, at the forefront of it like we, we get to test it before it's ever even boxed up we're shooting the ammo before the box is even designed right yeah how cool is that yeah and we and we know in part we like you i mean you're honest right you'll come in and you'll say dude you know what are you sending me you know but and almost we, usually by the time we get it to you hopefully we got it vetted pretty good but we know we're going to get an honest report you've been there you've shot it all and you got a good answer so it's great i yeah, I feel blessed every day. I work at a fantastic company with, with fantastically smart people. The people in the plant, I can say honestly, work with a bunch of friends. And for a big company, not everybody can always say that, you know? And, no. Uh, yeah, there's great teams there. The, the the plant works miracles every day, and Eric now runs the facility. And, he's a, he's yeah, the main guy. He's, he's the guy, and, and especially in Shotsaw, we've got some great improvements coming along and just process improvements. We've been around 100 years, and we're, we've been masters at, like you see at some guy when you do a tour, you know, they said it's kind of like World War II meets modern technology sometimes. You know, it some really of those is. machines are 60 years old, yeah. but we're still cranking them away, and they got state-of-the-art visualization systems on right. them and you know, powder detects. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I love being on the campus. I just love being – it's just like – you talk about, like, going to Disneyland, you know, like, that's, like – Every time I'm on a place like that or at the Benelli office, which mm -hmm. the Benelli office is different because it's not Italy. It's not where the gun's being made. Yeah. When you're up in when you're up in Minnesota with you guys, Anoka, and you're standing there and you see the old school signs on the old buildings and you're like, this is really where it all happens. It's where it all happens. Yeah. It's right there. It gets made and boxed and shipped right there yeah and you ask like you ask questions like well i do that well let's go look and you can walk right out there and point at it so. and then you're like well how does it shoot well this right. is called a gel target and this is a phantom camera and we got the film at the highest speeds hey tyson what what how many how many uh frames per second does a phantom camera film at 80 huh it literally can see the shot in the mid-flight, that camera that we use at your place. Yeah. And then it enters the jail target, and you're just blown away by the devastation that occurs mm -hmm. when it goes in. Like, it's almost like 
watching the inside of an animal, which that's what that's emulating. Yeah, yeah. The high-speed photography, I mean, especially in wad design, watching how the wad is leaving the barrel is key, you know, because you start with a wad and like where you're going to cut it, where you're going to put the slits, what if we mold it this shape, and you can totally, otherwise you just got a pattern board to look at, you can't tell, but now you can look and say, oh, it's kind of cocking to the right when it comes out, so we need to adjust this, and that's where I marvel, you know, guys like Moser and Schmieg are the guys figuring that out now, so yeah, it's... Uh, so what do you do on a daily basis, Compton? What What is your main gig as far as like Monday through Friday, is it the same every day? No, not necessarily, we're usually... A lot of similar, but it just kind of depends on the year. You know, I do a lot of shows like this, but day to day, if like if I've just had a week at the office, um, a lot of it is, you know, what we call product stage gates. So you, my job as product manager, look at the portfolio. Where do we need to grow? Where do we need to take away? Help set pricing, and say, okay, we have all this list of new products coming for next year. I sit down with the engineers and say, I need it to be three inch, I need it to be a black cloud load, I'm gonna add one shot, let's say. So something like that's pretty straightforward. And they'll say, do you wanna hit the current specs we're doing, 1450, hit all the pressure blasts, and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And then they run, and then they go design, eventually they come back and we look at it and say, okay, we met your design, we're like, good. So then I work with the teams to say, okay, now let's get it through the plant. And what do we have to do there? So we have to have this ordered by here and then work with the buyers and they say, your new product's good. So that's a big part of what I do day to day. Work with the I was joking. I work with the engineers, and I'm a people person. You know? So that's a, that's my job right there. That's awesome. Know? Yeah. Is so that any- and then the, I'm kind of the go between between engineering and then Brian Anderson's creative team. So how do you put it in layman's terms? How are we going to position the product? I, I end up doing a lot of that as well. You love it. I absolutely love it. I. You go back, where were you 20 years ago? I would have never thought I'd be working guns and ammo industry for one at one of the best manufacturers in the world in a position that I have, you know. But this is the paths you lead to, to get here, you know. From I was a real estate agent and I got into retail and that was right across the road from Federal and I bumped some elbows. Brian Kelvinton actually helped me get my job. And uh, next thing you know, I'm a sales guy. And next thing you know, I'm on a product team doing some of the coolest stuff ever. And literally the coolest stuff ever. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I don't know if there's a better product the gun's really awesome but ammo is just like so intriguing to learn Mm -hmm. what is ammo what are ballistics what are what is everything and what is every capability of that load that you're putting into your gun and what happens once that firing pin hits that primer what my daughter asked me the other day like how do the bb's come out and i found myself like man, I, I really know what I'm talking about because of the education you guys have given me over the years. It's, I, I didn't explain it to where like I would explain it to you. Yeah. I was talking to a nine-year-old, but it's, it's, it's just one of those sciences of shot. The science of shot is so intriguing to me because I want to make sure that when we pull up and say, get them, that we have the confidence that we do. And there's been a lot of times in hunts where people are iffy about that because they choose to go another route based mm-hmm. on mainly price. And that'll get you a lot of times in in the ammo field. And the thing about duck hunting is that if you're going to tell me that you're going to spend two grand on a gun and 10 grand on a boat and eight grand on a dog and it's training and this truck that's jacked up and that you can barely get up in unless, you know, you're a freaking Carl Lewis, you got the, you don't cut corners on your ammo. Absolutely. What do you need to cut corners on? Don't buy as many biscuits at Casey's in the morning. Don't cut corners on your ammo. I mean, it's the, you know, arguably the most important parts of the system because it's actually what takes the game, right? Yes. You know, so investing. In That's this, what I was trying to say know. without saying that Benelli's not the most important yeah, part. I, they, I, the gun is legit. But yeah, but I'm an ammo guy, so I can say but that. It's, so. But think but about no, it. But no, it is, it is. The gun and the ammo are everything. And I grew up, 
um, my dad had a fishing lodge in Canada, so I was able to grow up fantastic. Age of six through 20, I worked. I guided every summer fishing. Same deal with fishing as hunting. Guys are spending $1,800 for seven days of fishing in Canada. They come up, they bring all their buddies, all this money on booze. Everybody's fired up. They get there, they got a $5 rock. You know, and you're like, you're going to set up to go catch a 58 or 48 inch northern and 27 inch walleyes all week with a $5 rock. You yeah. know, so I always had spares there. But it's, it's, I don't know if it's the mentality. They think, you know, you're going on a hunt of a lifetime. You, you know, it helps to maybe pony up a little bit. I did a sea duck hunt this year. Yeah. And you're talking about Black Cloud TSS. That's what we hunted because I just wanted to make dang sure. I'm not going to go sea duck hunting every day in my life. So I want to make dang sure when I hit them, they went down. And if you've shot at eiders before, the suckers are tough. So, so it, what 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 are you? Would you tell somebody if they're going to go out and shoot a big canvas back, or they're going to go shoot a big eider? What would your load of choice be? Uh, I shot double Bs and sevens. Honestly, and I know this is easy to say, but I would pattern my gun and see what's patterning the best. So if I'm getting better, if I'm going after the big buck, the, the logical choice would be big birds would be double Bs and sevens. But I would shoot the gun and say, if this is giving me the best pattern, then I'd make my choice between the two. But uh, so, but it's kind of the same rule of thumb: ducks and geese, double B sevens. If you're going after, I'm sorry, big ducks and geese like eiders, stuff like that. If you're going smaller ducks or teals or something, the threes and nines. That so threes and nines. Yeah. Is is there going to be something to where people can expect to see different combinations, or did you guys already mastered the combinations in the TSF? No, it's pretty it's pretty flexible. We are looking at some others to see, you know, what would optimize for us. It's you know, we our goal was pellet count and pattern, you know, evenness of pattern, and those really matched up well, and uh, and and we kind of looked at the energy, and it, and it really held true to the 60-40 blend that we do in Black Cloud, a flight stopper, a regular steel, so we're able to have 60% of the pellets with the tungsten, so. But yeah, the sky the sky's kind of the limit. Adam did a bunch of iterations with very with various percentages of the of the shot mix, and that was kind of the sweet spot. But if we wanted to take different, you know, different shot sizes, that we could we could pretty much do anything. Anything. And do you do you think that the future of ammunition is in TSS and getting back to the tungsten, or are we? Do you think that it stabilizes with mainly Black Cloud being the foundation of it all? I think I think TSS is is kind of going to be the cream of the crop. I don't know what would get better in terms of the material. You know, I remember asking like, well, what other you know? Because it's not cheap, right? The raw materials are forty-five bucks a pound. You know, lead's a buck ten. You know, so or steel's a dollar ten. Um, but but somebody said, well, gold. You know, <laughs> gold has the same properties of lead. I'm like, well, See, let's look into that. That's what, flavor, that's what flavor flavor would have in a shotgun, shoot. dude. That's what he would shoot. So, um, yeah. So we'll keep we'll keep looking. I think the, you know, different alloys of maybe not as high density stuff, but mid range density stuff. We're seeing bismuth grow. We launched bismuth line this year too. Um, but looking at some other densities in tungsten might be some of the ways of, of the future too. I can't wait, man. I, I literally get so giddy about what you talk about and what you get to do on a day. I don't get envious of it, but I'm so glad that I get to share it. And I could call you or text you and go, boom, 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 you know, what, you know, have a question and be able to tell somebody the knowledge that they need to know when they're choosing an ammunition. Because to me, it's not about going to an in cap and seeing some drop down price and saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy as much of this as I can. I just think that we owe it to the animal to kill them with black cloud dead. And I'm not, again, of course I'm biased because I'm a partner, but mm-hmm. if, if, if it didn't work, I wouldn't sit here and go, it's the best in the world. It's proven that it is with 
there's been times where I've heard rumors that it's gone. You can't make it's we, it's all gone. There's no more that we've everything we produced is gone, oh, and we're sure. trying to catch up. Yeah. So think about how many boxes you produce. Think of how many hands are touching that at retail, and then actually taking it to the cash register, and then taking it to the blind. That's unbelievable. And it's made those hunts that much better. There's a reason why you guys can't produce enough Black Cloud. Yeah. It's not because yeah. you don't have the freaking factory size, mm-hmm. because you do. You have the capability because you produce so much of it. I just, I think it's a badass freaking product. And I'm proud to be, you know, partnered. I'm proud to, I hate to say ambassador or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not an influencer. I'm not, I, I know that we influence people, but yeah. I don't look at it like that. I look at somebody that's shooting something that I would be anyway if you weren't paying me to do it. And people can argue that. But Black Cloud has sold me like that is where ammo is. There's no, there's no question about it. So kudos to you, what you guys do. I love how you guys work together as a team and a family. I think that our chemistry is awesome. I think that we are all huge Revenge of the Nerds fans. We're all huge <laughs> NWA fans and freaking Rob Bass and Sir Mix a lot and Buttermilk Biscuits, which I had one today, which I'm trying not to eat biscuits. Yeah. I come to the South, mm-hmm. you see the Cracker Barrel sign, you're just like... Oh, I'm so weak. Yeah, I'm I've, so you know, weak. I've, you've, we've known each other for a while. I've leaned up a little bit this oh, year, yeah. So I'm trying to stay away from buttermilk biscuits. I know, tough. and it's like it's I, tough. I try to stay as well balanced as I possibly can. But God dang, you come to the south, I'm gonna eat squirrel. I'm gonna eat fried gator. I'm gonna eat a hush puppy. I'm gonna eat Cajun food. I'm gonna eat biscuit. It's like you, you, you don't do it all the time. But mm-hmm. when I'm here, I'm gonna do it. You I'm gonna, well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well. I'm gonna relish a little bit. Dan Compton, Federal Premium Ammunition, the manufacturers of Federal Premium Black Cloud. Check them out on the Foul Life episodes airing right now, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Federal Premium Black Cloud, Federal Premium Black Cloud TSS. I love it all. Dan Compton, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, buddy. Tom, hit the button. This song is called My Foul Life by the rock band 2AM Logic. And it was written, I'm bragging right now to Dan Compton. I wrote this song, Dan. I wrote this song and I got it published and it's on iTunes. And I make like three cents every time somebody buys it. So, I mean, I've made a lot of three cents (laughs) checks and people love it. And I wrote it on a plane ride from Edmonton, Alberta, speaking to about 600 people up in Edmonton at an event. I was flying to Denver, Colorado to goose hunt. And while on the plane, I was thinking about my life like, this is unbelievable what's going on. I just started writing lyrics. I folded down the table and there's low turbulence because when it's turbulent, man, I got I sh- get all shaken up okay. and I can't write. Yep. You're probably not afraid of turbulence. I'm not really scared of it anymore. But at that time, I wrote that song on a plane ride from Edmonton to Denver. I want you to listen to it. It's called My Foul Life. Tom, hit that button. Thank yeah, you all very much for listening to another episode of the Foul Life podcast brought to you today by Federal Premium Ammunition and all of their black cloud that makes my life easier. See ya. Anticipation rounds in my face A day like this